Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. I'm going to absolutely slap you, and do you know, do you know why? Hello? Huh? I'm going to slap you. Because you're trying to be my twin and wear my shirt? Yeah. We both come on the podcast today, and we're both wearing the same <laughs> daggone shirt. That's funny. And everybody, everybody listening, that was not on purpose. No, it was not. We both have our domain established 2019 shirts on. Yeah. So, welcome to the podcast, guys. Um, welcome in. Welcome yeah. In. This is number 27. Mm-hmm. I don't have a killing hat like Chris does. Yes, I that, do. That's the domain green killing hat. Yes, yes. I do not have that, so I'm upset. Um, <laughs> we got a few things we're going to talk about today, and uh, Chris is going to bring up the um, the PA license tobacco yeah. situation, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to briefly discuss that. We're going to jump into some food plot seed, and then finish it up with some trail camera information. Yeah. For so, sure. Chris, why don't you? You're a PA resident. I'm a yeah. A non-resident, hunt, hunt your own state. Hunt your own state, Dave. And um, I know the license became on sale, I guess, what was it, Monday? And all I saw over Facebook was all the PA residents crying about this, the new system. So tell us, uh, I guess, what changed and, and what they did. Okay. Uh, in Pennsylvania, in the past, we had the pink envelope that you would have to send in to get a doe tag. So they have eliminated that. And this year the sales opened up on Monday, Monday here um, to be able to get your tags. Well, this year concurrently you could get your tag, which includes, you know, anything you wanted, your general license, um, including you could you could purchase separately your archery muzzleloader bear your waterfowl your whatever whatever you wanted to purchase but this year you could purchase a doe tag at the same time as your general tag so so nothing changed except the doe tags basically with the exception of they were asking people to go ahead and do it online now, me, myself, I'm not a techie type person. I do not like doing things over the internet. And there's plenty enough stores around me that I can walk right in and purchase a license <clears throat> over the counter, which was perfectly fine and able to do. And at 8 a.m. is when they opened this up to everybody. So everybody thought that it was going to be a great idea to, at 8 a.m., get online and they thought they was going to fill out their information and hit send and boom, it was going to be there. Well, lo and behold, the system was overloaded as if everything else happens like that Mm -hmm. with the game commission. I mean, it, it overloads the website and I actually heard of people getting in line at stores and waiting like aisles and aisles, you know, up and back, switchbacks in line 
and waiting for hours. And then when they opened it up online, it was telling people you're in, uh, you're in line, I guess is the words, the verbiage that they used. You're, you're, you're this number and you're in line and there's this many people in front of you. Mm-hmm. And people were like 19,000 people behind someone, you know? So when they opened this up at 8 a.m., there was thousands of people that flooded it. And people waited eight, nine, ten hours to get their license, which was silly because I went and worked a 10-hour shift and got out of work at 2 p.m. and drove two miles down the road to my local archery shop and walked right in. Nobody was there but myself. I was able to get my license in five minutes. Mm-hmm. And when That's I came crazy. home, yeah, it was, it was, it was really stupid. I came home and checked my phone and I was reading all this stuff. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? These people waited online for hours to get, get their license. You know, they was in line, they were in virtual line, mm-hmm. you know? That's crazy. And, yeah. And it was just, it was just silly. And like you now you have to wait till july 11th as a non-resident to apply for pa license um and then it'll work the same as past years where there will be a date that um you could there's rounds Mm -hmm. so you know in a couple of weeks after non-residents get their crack they'll open it back up to residents and at that point there will be um a second round and then a third round and then a fourth round and so on, you know, just like other years past. Um, what else was I going to tell you? Uh, how did that go? You forgot. So, yeah, I did. So there's rounds. Um, old age. Oh, the D maps. Mm. The, the people always used to flood the internet online and get the D maps. Mm-hmm. And they were available before doe tags were um, in the past, they are not allowed to get on and get DMAP tags till August 14th. So it'll probably be all sold out. Well, some of the stuff could be sold out. So yeah, it's, it's, it's proving to not be such a worthy thing um, to wait in line virtually and sit there. I mean, uh, I mean, like if you waited to do that, you would had to you would have had to skip work or something, you know, right. to, to 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 not lose your spot in line. That's you know? crazy. Sit like set up. I mean, because merit like here in Maryland, you just you just go buy your license, and yeah. you can do it online or you can do it in a store. Mm-hmm. But there's never a problem. And when you buy your license, you just automatically get doe tags. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I know people that went Tuesday during the day or after work and had no problems. Of mm. course they didn't because like I said, well, Monday after my work, I didn't have a problem. Right now. The other thing was, um, you and I were just talking about was, uh, there was a couple units that sold out already. Yeah. Like, I saw that. like how the heck did that happen? Right. You know? And then they know. said the unit I'm in like 50% of it went already, you know? Um, so, I, I am usually on a yearly basis able to get two for the unit I live in. And then that usually sells out after second round. And then I'll get a, I 
a different unit for a third tag. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. After uh, after everybody buys up everything and then non-residents get their crack at it, and everything, it might go all in one round. Yeah, it's possible. You know, I mean, I guess in in PA you have more, you have a lot of hunters, so there's like what a million PA hunters. Nah, so you know, I don't know. I guess they they have to limit the amount of doe tags you get. Otherwise, if all the millions of people, the million of people get doe tagged, then you're gonna be short deer. <laughs> so in Maryland, though, we have less hunters, but when we get a tag or when you buy your license, majority of counties you get unlimited doe tags. So you can shoot 50 does if you want to. Um, you know what's crazy, though, is we got people out there that don't want to even doe hunt mm -hmm. to buy a tag so that you can't get one. Yeah. that right. What kind of mentality is that? Right. That's silly. That Those are the people that make the name Hunter bad. Yeah. They put a black eye on the industry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's another hateful thing, you know. Uh, they're the person that when you shoot your buck, they don't celebrate with you. You know, they talk about you behind your back or, mm -hmm. you know, it's just silly. I, yeah, I don't, it is. I'm not into that, man. Shoot what you want. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah. You know, whatever, I, whatever gets the uh, ticker pumping. Yeah. I, I just, I, I just get tired of that mentality, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I guess we're allowed to be able to possess, possess six tags this year, though, as for doe. Wow, it's a you lot. You can have six tags, and then I believe if you use one or two, and you're allowed to replace them. But at one point in time, you're only allowed to, I think, possess six doe tags, <laughs> which I don't know anybody that really needs six does. But Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get my regular license, and if I get... You know, I only need one doe tag. So. I'd like to get two, possibly three doe tags. Um, I, as you know, like to give them away. Mm -hmm. And I, I know, I know of a particular family right now that could use a deer. Right. So, um, one of those tags, I will probably offer the deer to, to those folks. Mm -hmm. Um, the fella has... And, uh, I think he has five adult kids, you know, like teenagers and up still at home. And I think he's single income home and he just has a rough go, you know, but yeah, I, I want to try to help him out this year. Nice. So, yeah. That's good. Well, let's, uh, let's change gears here uh, and, um, talk about, uh, food plot seed. Ooh, okay. Um, I was getting some questions about, uh, there's a lot of people jump, jumping on domain. They're, yeah, they're, they're blowing a, up everywhere. I, yeah. Everywhere I go, I see, like, if I scroll through Facebook, it's domain, domain, domain. And I get tons of questions on YouTube, you know, Hey Dave, I'm planting this mix or what mix do I plant? You know? Yeah. I've been um, getting a lot of those. Like, yep. Like, oh, what do you recommend for for a fall blend? You know, what do yeah. you like? Right. And they I do mean, have a... That's that's kind of biased question though, because I like what I like, and you might not like it. You know. Yeah. They got it. I mean, they got a lot of mixes. A lot of. I mean, they got more fall mixes than they do, you know, for spring sure. and spring and summer mixes. But they're all good. Um, I guess there there's some variations in them. Um, Small variations. Some of them are much alike. 
Yeah. Just one or two. Yep. Uh, components that are different, you know. Yeah, but that could that could be a big change, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, depending on where you're at. Yeah. So let's um let's break that down a little bit and talk about I guess if if a food plotter is new to planning I guess food plots or kind of just new to domain in general, like mm-hmm. what are some of their you know, you'll give your your opinions, I'll give some of mine. Yeah. What are let's go talk about what are some of their their best mixes? that we like to plant yeah, and what somebody should plant pending on the size of the plot and say they have a lot of deer pressure, you know, and, and the type of area that they end, whether they're down South or more in a cold, a cold zone. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. How do you want to go? Okay. Fall. Blend. I want to go, go in. Okay. Now, um, you know me, I could talk about this for a while. Uh, if you're a very first time planter and you have uh, sprayed off and killed everything, you have it disked or tilled or whatever you're doing to prep your ground, they have a mix that they call overhaul out now. Mm-hmm. And overhaul is something that you can plant and plow under in a, in a few months or something after it matures, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it sets you up for a fall planting, you mm-hmm. know, so it's kind of a, like a summer planting and then get you ready for fall. Uh, if someone's wants to go that route, um, I planted overhaul. It would have been last summer. I planted it and, um, it worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. And when it, right before the season, you know, right before, Right before I planted fall plots, I I actually mowed it first and then tilled it under and went ahead and planted my fall plot. But um, it's, gotcha. it's a good mix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now they have um, they do have some spring and summer stuff. Mm-hmm. If we want to go that route, um, if someone just wants to put out like a clover mix, if they don't want to try this, these blends just yet. Um, Clover is kind of a no-fail thing. Um, I shouldn't say it like that, but it—I it, mean, it's pretty foolproof. But they have some stuff that's, that's shade tolerant um, that they call Hot Chick, mm. and it—it is—it uh, is two different clovers, and it has chicory mixed in. And to be honest, I found in my area for some reason that the chicory doesn't grow real good, like. I don't think it has anything to do with their seed, but because I, I can, I can plant hot chick in my area and the clover comes on nice and strong and the chicory comes up so far and they nail it right away and mm-hmm. it doesn't get a chance to grow. Yeah. So I, I guess I shouldn't say it doesn't grow well, but it will it grow. It, it, just... it, it grows. It just doesn't last long, I guess yeah. is what I should say. Mm-hmm. They go along and they pick out all my chicory. Yeah. So I, I end up putting a little extra chicory in my, my stuff and then they if you if you start out a planting of hot chick they tell you the next year to frost seed or to come back in with come Come back back kid yeah and that is a mixture of four clovers and an alfalfa yeah they they really like doing that they like starting out with hot chick and then transitioning to come back kid yeah they like to tell people to do that a lot Mm -hmm. now I guess their OG mix that they call OG mix is big sexy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that is a turnip, radish, kale, and rape mix. I have not and planted that one yet. I have not either, only because the blends that I like to use pretty much have that stuff in it already, mm-hmm. you know, plus some other things. Right. And that's what I was going to transition to was if you want to plant a fall blend, which I think this is a smart way to do it is what I'm going to say next. You want to plant a fall blend that has all that type of green leafy stuff in it, but it'll have a perennial in it so that when they eat that all up, these annual things up this fall, that perennial will come up and green up in the spring. Mm-hmm. And one one of those good uh, blends that they have for that type of thing would be like a Bross Brew or a um, or like Sugar Mama something like that, you know, that has clovers and chicory already in it, along with, you know, like the radish, the turnips, the uh, rapes and kales and things that are big green leafy and will have some bulbs and things mm-hmm. in it. Um, so, you know, if you hear them saying that you should be planting with a perennial and an annual mix, and that's one of the things that they would be talking about is those that I forementioned. Um I mean, you could have, you could take any one of their brassica mixes and you could throw a tub of, uh, yeah, you can mix it. it. Yeah. You can mix it together and do it yourself. Yeah. You you don't have to just buy the sugar mama, right? Which it does have the clover already in it, but you can, if you kind of want more clover, then you can just buy another tub and then throw that into any one of their brassica mixes. And that's, what's also cool about domain is they sell mixers or what they call pounders mm-hmm. and you could buy a pound at a time yeah. of uh what they have chicory as a pounder they have the yep. hybrid brassica as a pounder and... um what else do they have as a pounder the, the is it the turnip pretty sure the turnip. i know they have rape i know they have rape um but anyhow yeah, and you can you can buy them and you can add uh, kale. I think mm-hmm. they have kale as a ponder also. Um, yeah, you can you can add them in and and make sort of make it your own. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I know myself and and probably I'm probably talking for you too, but you need to talk here too. I'm taking up all the time, but uh, I like to I like to plant like showstopper mm-hmm. and bombshell. I like, I mixed them together and that was like the bomb. I mean, cause showstopper has your hybrid brassica, your rutabaga, turnip and rape and your bombshell has Ethiopian cabbage collars and hybrid brassica in it also and turnip also. Mm-hmm. So you get all that big green leafy stuff, you know, um, and they just, they just love that crap. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even worried I purposely mixed it stout because I like the stem count. Mm-hmm. Now, some people like those big Facebook moments where they take pictures of these softball or pumpkin size, you know, bulbs or whatever, which are probably too mature for the deer to eat anyhow. But that's a whole nother story. Uh, I'm not like that. My deer like those big green leafy tops and whatever bulbs are left later, they'll dig them out, mm-hmm. you know, when it gets real daggone cold. Out. But I, I plant heavy for the stem count. And so I'll, I'll get this big green leafy lush looking thing and, you know, knee deep 
and they just love that stuff, you know. Yeah, I'd rather have smaller bulbs and then also have some cereal grains in there to yep. take over when you know the brassicas are eating up. The right. cereal grains are just will just continue to grow and pick up a lot of the a lot of the uh, browse pressure. But if someone contacts me though, which I had a guy, he's a local guy, one of my buddies, he contacted me this week and he said, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this fall plot and I, I, I'm thinking of this one, this one, and this one, you know, which one of them would you do? And I said, well, I'm going to be honest. I am very partial to no BS. Mm-hmm. Very it's partial. It's a good one. I have shot so many does over no BS and the buck that I shot last year was in my no BS plot. Mm-hmm. No BS contains oats, clover, rape, radish, and chicory. So it is going to be a perennial mixture with some annuals in it also. And I've even had good regrowth the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the cereal uh, grains in there. Yeah, across across the road um, at the destination plots that I have over there, I do this buffer strip right along the woods. Like where the deer come out of the woods, I have this buffer strip. I don't know. It's probably 10, 15 feet wide, and I called it the Green Mile. Mm-hmm. And it was I planted it all in no BS all along there. And what that does is as the deer come out of the woods – and you know the deer always stop on that on that hard, when they're coming off that hard edge and they're starting to walk into like a softer edge and they stop and they look around and then they work their way out head down a lot and they nibble around before they head out into the big field and that that just slows them down for me it lets me get a good look at them you know decide whether or not it's go time or let them pass or whatever but yeah, no BS has been great. And the, the regrowth over there this year from last year's green mile is crazy because the grains in the, in there, I, I must've mixed a little bit of wheat with it too. Cause there's some wheat stalks in there, but the regrowth on that, the, the uh, clovers are fighting for the sunlight and they're mm-hmm. like a foot tall in them stalks of wheat. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy the regrowth I got over there. the the regrowth in the no BS in the shaded buffer zone is higher than my destination plot that was planted purposely with clover. Mm-hmm. You know, my my clover over there in the destination plots probably I don't know seven eight inches tall, and the the clover in the no BS regrowth is like a foot tall. It's just nuts. But I love the no BS. Yeah, that's no, a really good one. Um, I have all my plots just in clover this year um, yeah. from hot from uh, Comeback Kid, mm-hmm. which I planted into my fall plot last year with bombshell. And that all gotcha. came back in clover this year. But this year, I'm actually going to till that under, um, add all that green manure into okay. the soil. And I'm going to plant, uh, I'm going to plant some hall pass mm, yeah. into it. Um, and the couple other things but i really like um incognito Ooh. which is their screening blend which you just planted last last week yeah 
My um, video comes out as we're recording this. Now it is live. <laughs> okay. Um, so incognito is really good for screening things. It's an annual. Um, but like you said, I one of my favorites is Showstopper mm. because it's a hybrid you know, system where it's got the hybrid brassicas in there. I yeah. planted that twice at the old farm and they just, they loved it. I mean, there were so many deer and it, you know, it kept up with the browse pressure too, yeah. especially with all the deer they had over there. Um, but I just wanted to do the clover this year um, and, and work that back in this fall uh, or spring or summer, sorry. And get that worked in and, and plant some um, probably showstopper and a little bit of hall pass or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, that'll be my fall pots this year. But uh, if someone starts out, you know, if you have a small plot, I would do no BS. If, it, if it's a small, you know, a small area, do no BS um, or showstopper. If you start getting into the larger plots, you can get away with, uh, like green machine, you could do uh, showstopper, bombshells is a, is a really good one. Uh, and you know, obviously, if you just want to have your perennials, you know, you cannot go wrong with comeback kid. There's so many people that plant comeback kid. Oh my gosh, um, yeah, it's a really good mix. I have that, like I said, I have that in my fields now. Yeah. I'm going up here in the next couple of days to the farm, and I'm actually going to go through and for their feed all the clover because they're hammering it and then for my fall plot they have some new products out and that and that's uh dirty deeds so we're yep. both going to be testing this out this fall yeah. you're gonna you know the areas that you till under for your fall plot we're gonna be spraying dirty deeds yep and i it's agree a, it's a soil conditioner humic based um it smells horrific but um i you know mike they they swear by it so we're going to test it out yeah i forgot and, to uh, mention that but yeah i do yeah. have an area that is going to be in front of my tree stand over there in a destination plot that will be planted in an obs and i'm sure i'll sprinkle some other things in it from some ponders but mm -hmm. uh, it's you're, just a, you're spraying this right i am going to use that and i'm going to be using liquid courage in that plot nice I'm, gotcha. i saved it all for that plot because i want to okay. see what it'll do yeah you know yeah so we're going to be do both spraying it so we'll have now I, I i will have more than i need for that one spot so my little testing zone that i'm going to use is i'm going to spray the the remaining portion of the liquid courage on one side of my clover because i have three zones i have two clovers on each side and then a a hot spot in the middle for no BS where my stand goes. And I'm mm -hmm. going to take one of those either left or right. And I'm going to spray it, whichever one looks weaker. I'm going to spray the snot out of it with liquid courage and see what happens. Gotcha. Well, this does one acre. So I'll be using a whole jug of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm excited to test it and, yeah. uh, and, and see what happens. Oh, well, I've, I've seen other companies that have Humix and, you know, if you read up on Humix, it's, I mean, it is kind of a smart idea. Mm -hmm. um, it should help the soil out. So I'm kind of glad that they've explored into this liquid zone stuff that they're starting into. And, mm -hmm. you know, domain, domains, you know, they're busting out and doing some cool stuff, I think, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the owners, Mike, Tim. Um, I like their mixes and... 
it's just like like their mix no bs all their seeds are it's no bs <laughs> you know what Definitely. i mean it's just it's good seeds uh they're in tractor supply i mean they're in a lot of thing i got yeah i think i took a picture the other day when i was up at tractor supply they have a big took, shove of it i took a picture at the uh family farm and home mm -hmm. and i tagged domain and family farm and home and on instagram and family farm and home they liked my my uh post mm. i thought that was pretty cool mm -hmm. someone actually acknowledged that i that i uh tagged them mm -hmm. that was pretty cool yeah so uh let's let's jump into third gear real quick mm -hmm. and just discuss uh trail cameras um because i had a couple people ask me about trail camera locations so that like currently i mean i have some cameras on public land but you have some cameras or going to be putting cameras out on yeah. public land in the mountains yes so and then i'm i have all my cameras out on pub on private land on my mm -hmm. farm so i'll discuss you know kind of where i set mine on private and then you can kind of describe your your situation on how you place them up in the mountains okay cool so uh you go first um all right when you're putting them out and where are you placing them and what are you looking for okay i i normally would have them out by now but we are in this i don't know what you call it this weird weather pattern right now first we had the drought now we have this monsoon crap going on where i can't catch a dry day mm -hmm. and the reason i'm holding off is because um I want to go out and use mock scrapes and things, mm -hmm. you know, incorporate that with my trail camera placement. So I don't want to just go out there and start dumping deer urine and it just gets rained on and washed away. Right. So I've been kind of holding off for some normal weather, let's say. Um, and I mean, I use some gland lure. I use some, uh, some deer urine and things. And there is some, spots out there on the mountain that i want to set up for inventory and go that route but like you were saying like where do i set them um two places first of all i take over old scrapes mm -hmm. um i will take that over like if i find a good hot scrape from last year i will start regenerate that thing and get it worked back up again um secondly though when i make if i make a mock scrape from scratch when i do it myself the deer in my area some for some reason like to use uh overhanging limbs from a spruce mm. um i've heard a lot of people say like beech limbs and oak limbs and things but pre predominantly if i find a scrape on the mountain it's normally underneath a spruce or pine tree you know even even antler rubs um if they if they make a rub normally it seems to be the same mm -hmm. um so what i will do is when i do some scouting boots on the ground when i find a good spot um i will look for a heavy traffic hit tra i can't say that word Traffic, Tra uh, traf traffic, <laughs> traffic. I can't say it either. <laughs> traffic area, 
high traffic area. Let's just say that I will look for a high traffic area, a good, a good um, trail, and I will look for a spruce or a pine right overhanging that trail, and I will make a mock scrape there and decide where to put my tree stand. Um, on the mountain, I. <laughs> I hate to sound dumb, but I really don't pay attention a whole lot to the wind direction there because on the side hills like that, a lot of times it's, it swirls so much, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily North and South or East and West. It just where I'm at, it's just, it's around a river bend and it, it swirls so bad. I, I just take my chances a lot of time. I got to be honest. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but those areas deep, I do not hunt them very often. Uh, obviously I try to pay attention then more the day I go in, you know, expected routes for a deer to show if, if it's totally wrong, I, I've, I've walked all the way back there an hour before and turned around and walked away. Mm-hmm because I got back there and the wind was just totally stupid. You know, it was blowing, you know, downhill right to the deer where I expected them to come out of the thick, uh, underbrush. Now you have, uh, and I've actually go, left, turned around you, and left. When you go back in there, do you have like a road system where you're, I do. you're just walking through the woods? I do. It was old overgrown tram roads mm. from back in the, I believe it was timbered last back in the fifties. So you're I'm, walking the roads in and then just kind of yeah, jumping off. There's, there's travel, there's tram roads busting off main trails and things. And, uh, basically that I, I can ride a bicycle in so far and then, Usually I chain it to a tree and bust off and go down a different trail or something, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're walking in steep hills to get in there. Yeah. Yeah. I can't bike. You know, I I ride across the top of the ridge because it's a big point. Mm -hmm. And I'll ride straight down the point to the narrowest section. And then it busts down all directions down to a bend in the river. So any which way you walk, you're going downhill. So that's not real pleasant to try to bike up. Not only that, but if you went down on a bicycle, it would be rough. You're, you're <laughs> going scared. downhill. Yeah, I'd be scared. I would never make it to my tree stand probably. Yeah. Well, I have, um, I have all my cameras out except a few, which I'm going to finish putting out this weekend. But um, I, I'm, I'm putting them out on intersecting trails. Okay. So, there, I have a lot of intersecting trails, so I'll have I'll have two to three trails, and then all of a sudden it just comes into one. Mm, nice. So I'm I'm putting my cameras in those locations, and I'm getting good pictures, box does, falling. I'm getting everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few that I just look down near the long ways of my food plots, so I can see you know because a lot of times I'll get a picture up close, but then you'll see the distant you know deer in the background. Okay. So I look, I look long ways cause my plots are more long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll set them up on their cell cams and I'll have, I have some videos, uh, cameras set up on some recharge sites, um, that I have just for inventory. And, yeah. um, and then I have some 
for security reasons, I have them on entry, you know, entrance entrances, okay. uh, a couple on the borders and stuff. Um, but anytime my, anywhere I go, any, the best place is those intersecting trails because the chances of having, you know, deer come down, say a finger of trails is higher than just having a camera set up on one single trail one trail yeah yeah so you you'll get a more you'll get more pictures that way and you i think you have a, a higher chance of seeing um mm -hmm. you know more deer right um then i have some i have a ridge system in the back uh ridge top that i did a lot of cuttings on last year and it thickened up so much i'm putting i'm going to put one cell camera back there that has a built-in solar panel and i just want to put that on the back side of that bedding area because there's a trail that wraps around the backside mm -hmm. when i was there a few weeks ago that bedding area is i mean destroyed with browse pressure mm. they're they're tearing it up so i want to have a camera back in there and then uh so that's a good that's a good place to to put cameras now do you ever put a camera out blindly like and here's what i mean i normally have my cameras out already because like i said i I love me some bears mm -hmm. and I usually put my cameras out earlier to try to catch the bears in their rut and see if there's any in the area. And what I mean by blindly is I, there's this one hillside that it seems like the bears frequent mm -hmm. and I'm not even, I, I don't even uh, have a trail there necessarily for deer or anything that I'm trying to zone in on. I just put it up on the hillside and anything that walks down on that hillside, I'll catch. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how I shot that bear two years ago was I was getting a bear on that hillside from a blind placement. Mm -hmm. I just put the camera out and I was catching this bear coming through that hillside. And that's where I went and hunted. Yeah. Me and uh, when TJ went up with me like three weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, we put a camera out in this Creek bottom okay. when, I mean, it, it really wasn't like a heavily used trail, mm -hmm. but it was a trail coming off this hillside and then across this Creek and then went up into the property. And, uh, I put a, a cell cam there. I got bears. <laughs> I got bucks, does, fawns, raccoon. I got like, like everything you can think uh. of. And it really wasn't, I didn't think it would be like a high traffic area. Right. Um, may, you know, and it's really not, but I'm getting a wide variety of animals see uh and i would have to agree because that camera i'm talking about that i set on that hillside i got bobcat bear yeah. mm -hmm. i got some i had some hog bucks on there mm -hmm. uh, all kind of fawns and yeah. does. i have high hopes for that that spot i'm talking about i'm gonna put a actually putting a stand there this weekend and mm -hmm. uh i think it'll really increase as the as the season and as we get into the fall yeah um because it gets really thick back that way and that's the way they're coming. And then when they cross this creek, they come up more into my property, which then leads out to where all the food is, the ag fields and where my food plots are. Okay, gotcha. So I, I think, hoping that that's a, you know, pretty good use trail come fall. Yeah. And I'll have a, I can put a stand off to the side, which blows my wind into the neighbor's property, which, that, which kind of goes into this wide open area where the, um, where the gas wells are because right. there's a, there's a road that goes back in that the gas company has to check the, uh, gas pump, on pump site. Yeah. Right. So I can blow my scent kind of off into there and then, uh, should be good. Mm -hmm. So, cool, cool. um, 
yeah so that's episode 27 guys thanks yeah. for listening and um i'm pumped up for this weekend uh got some stuff on the farm to do and uh mm-hmm. chris is going to try to get his cameras out and um should be fun yes sir all right yep that's 27 guys any questions let us know thanks for coming along make some comments subscribe to our channels listen along see you later